Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob out today, but we've got a great show for you today. Going to be joined by the play-by-play voice of UTEP a little later in the program to preview the Golden Eagle basketball game on the road tomorrow night out in El Paso. Kelly and I uh, will uh, bring you uh, the latest in several other different things. But Kelly, how's uh, how's had Today. It's not as beautiful as downtown Laurel, but stunning nonetheless. Yeah. Can we settle, settle I for thought it, stunning? You would say it would be more beautiful because you never have to throw the adjective in there. I just always remind people that Laurel is beautiful. Well, of course it is, especially the, the, the old historic neighborhoods of, uh, of Laurel with the big majestic trees and right you know, there putting up against the studios by, if i'm not mistaken by the museum and all that the Lauren Rogers Museum yeah. of Art and one of the many attractions that oh, Laurel yeah. has. It, uh, it is truly beautiful. Glad you guys are doing good down in Hattiesburg. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Established in 1941 and in a community near you. Got a promotion going on all January long. Dickey's has free delivery. So some NFL playoff games going on and uh, basketball games going on. Lots going on. Be sure to get uh, Dickey's to cater your next event. Free delivery all January long or go see them in uh, the store. Well, football season for the 2019 uh, year in the book. And uh, over the next uh, few weeks, we're going to be joined by some uh, graduating seniors who have uh, laid the last four or five years of their college career and life on the field for the Golden Eagles. And happy to to have starting off with us today, uh, the 2019 Kent Hull trophy winner, offensive lineman, Drake Dorbeck. Drake, what's up, buddy? Not much. How's it going? We're clapping for you, yes, dude. That's right. Uh, that was the first Southern Miss uh, recipient of the best collegiate lineman in the state of Mississippi. What was it like when uh, when you heard that you received the award, and then at, at up in Jackson in early December when you were presented it? Pretty awesome. Yeah, it was it was exciting. Um, I actually got the got the message right before I went out to a Monday night practice. So. Um, didn't really get to celebrate. I had to go to work right after, but uh, talked to some people afterwards, and uh, it was it was a good time. Yeah, really, we, we celebrated on this show. Just whenever a Southern Miss guy gets awarded a. a, a uh, award like that, and, and uh, that's statewide, and, and representing all um, all schools in the state of Mississippi. So, congrats on that. Well, man, uh, you're not only the seasons in the books, um, your your career at Southern Miss uh, is, is done now. I can remember what it was like when you play your last game. You're just fresh, hot take on the feelings that you are experiencing this week that your collegiate uh, career is is in the books. Um, you know, I'm grateful for uh, the five years I spent there. Um, there's a lot of uncertainties, unknowns right now. Kind of, uh, 
you know, at one thirty on a Saturday afternoon, I was I was no longer a member of the football team. Uh, I've already got my degree, so now it's time to hit the real world, get a real job. Kelly, I know um, you have, have covered Southern Miss uh, for so long, and, and you've seen so many guys in Drake's uh, you know position when whenever they transition out. Um, there is a lot of uncertainty, uh, but we, we've seen it time and time again with these Southern Miss guys, um, how, they're, how they're resilient and, and uh, whatever's in front of them, uh, they will do well. Well, really, regardless of what the sport is, lots of times athletes identify. That's all they've ever known. All right, I've, they've always been a baseball player, or they've always been a football player. And there is kind of some sticker shock there, if you will, as to, okay, I'm no longer a football player. So take us through the mental process, Drake, of what, what you are dealing with now, not as a football player, but as a human, knowing that, uh, you know, the uncertainty is ahead of you a little bit and, and how you plan to deal with it. Uh, really just, just uh, you know, plan to give – Give a pro day a shot. Um, try, try to train for that a little bit. Um, so I guess it's not immediately effective um, as far as is uh, joining the workforce. Um, but it's I mean it's just uh, you know I've played played ball since I was you know in third grade and haven't known much since. You know I've, uh, football has been a huge part of my life and a huge part of the other other seniors' lives all across the country and definitely going to be a transition into the into the into the workforce whenever that happens yeah right well and 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 really when you everybody it's everybody's dream to play in the league but let's just i just want to talk about from a coaching standpoint statistically and i've asked other offensive linemen this this question throughout the years statistically wins and losses wise offensive linemen without a doubt make the best head coaches in the nfl their win-loss records of former players Offensive linemen always have had the best records over the years. What is it about that position or that part of the game that seems to inherently give guys a better chance to be a successful coach at that level, Dre? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know that I'm. Uh, I don't know that I have an answer for that. Really, um, I've, I've never really. I never knew that stat before, and I've never really thought about. It. But. Is it the Kelly thinks it's because you're the smartest guys out there. I do, so, yeah, uh, I, I do. To literally blow your head up, there you go. Right, that that, that might be part of it. Uh, I mean, we're we're smart, but we're not. I mean, you got a quarterback and a and a linebacker running the whole offense. We just take care of our job up front. I think it might have to do something with uh, for success as a as an offense and as an offensive line. You know, you got five people working together. Um, is, is where. You know, at the running back position, you know, you get the ball, you hit the hole, um, but five people have to be on the same page, and maybe it's maybe it's the teamwork and working together uh, to get the job done. Is is coaching something you'd ever want to pursue, Drake? Yeah, I mean, I've thought about it. I don't know uh, at what level I would like to do it, um, but it's 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 up in the air. It's definitely a possibility. Maybe something in the uh, in the strength strength coaching world. I got my degree in exercise science, so. Um, maybe maybe let's, take that path to coaching. Let's uh, let's recap your your career a little bit, man. Um, we I, I joked in in uh, before the show. I asked Kelly. I said, "Do you know 
what the mascot is for St. Aloysius High School. And, dude, without, without a hesitation, he yelled out Golden Flashes. So how did you transition from being a Golden Flash to a Golden Eagle coming out of Vicksburg, Mississippi? Uh, I mean, you know, it was just – it was a uh, – I don't know. I really didn't think too much of the mascot standpoint. I um, had an offer from Southern Miss, had an offer from – Louisiana Tech and an offer from uh, the Memphis Tigers. Um, ultimately, it came down to staying in the state. I felt like my name would carry more in the state of Mississippi than any other one. I visited a home game against, I think it was Alcorn, the 2014 season maybe. Um, and just the, the atmosphere in, in Hattiesburg and instantly fell in love with it and uh, committed shortly after. Well, it's a darn good thing you didn't choose Louisiana Tech because we would have had to come over there and kick your butt personally, and you would never be on this program, Drake Dorbett. Right, right. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was uh, one of the stats that kind of fell short this year, but uh, it's 4-1 and one against them in my career, so that was, uh, that was a good thing. It didn't, didn't end well, but the overall for me against uh, Louisiana Tech was was a win. You know, somewhere down the road, you know, you, you may be blessed with a wife and children and so on, and you'll have all these stories to tell and these awards that you've won. Uh, it's still, you're still a very young man, but can you put any of that into perspective? Is it truly uh, just another thing to win something of this magnitude? No, it's not. You know, it's, um, I think, I think as, I'll get, as it goes, I'll appreciate it more and uh, being able to tell my kids and grandkids that um, I received a, that award and I uh, got to play college football for five years. I think it'll be uh, that, that'll be re- more rewarding in itself, um, more than now. I think so. Yeah, getting getting to play for five years. I liked college so much. I stayed for eight years, Drake. But I yeah, yeah. I, I never played a game though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another story entirely. Drake, uh, you and I got connected through Bill Broadhead. Uh, you're the recipient of the Bill and Amanda Broadhead Endowment Program. I know the Broadhead family's uh, been uh, meant a lot to you over the years, but been really cool, man, to, to follow your career and meeting guys like Austin Davis and Jonathan Palmer and Ryan McKee. And and it's just been fun to watch uh, the mountain that left t- tackle um, for the last four years. And and uh, would, would you like to share, we always give uh, guys that graduate and to come on this program, would you like to share anything with our listening audience with the Golden Eagle fans that have watched you for the last five years before we let you go today uh, I mean I as far as the Broadhead family they've they're a great Southern Miss family um, they've they've been there when at times when my family couldn't make it to games and they're very supportive um, as well as all the other Southern Miss uh, fans uh, I just appreciate the Golden Eagle Nation uh, for everything they do and uh, showing up on Saturdays and just support year round well, Drake, man, we appreciate everything that you've given uh, to the, the Golden Eagle uh, football program over the last five years. Thanks for your hard work, determination. Good luck for what's next, and uh, we'll catch up with you a little later. Thanks for being on the show today. Yes, sir. Thank you. To the top. To the top. That's Drake Dorback, graduating senior offensive lineman, the recipient of the 2019 Kent Hole Award. Kelly and I will be back on the Eagle Hour right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Back on a Wednesday, second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, just across the street from Southern Miss, or you can find them online, campusbookmark.net. Basketball season in full swing, baseball season just around the corner. Get everything you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles at campusbookmark.net. Greatly appreciate Drake Dorbeck joining us. And uh, Kelly, you know, when you're 6'6", 320, and you've been a, a three-year starter at offensive line, I'm, I'm pretty sure you get a shot. You know, he mentioned Pro Day, and and it's just kind of evolved over the years um, about how these guys, uh, where, where, you know, their trage- trajectory takes them. Um, it just, it, we see in the NFL, college has become what the NFL has from a scouting perspective, and now high school. Uh, it's just wild when you think it out there. But um, you, you look at a guy like Drake Dorbeck, who's the best offensive lineman in the state of Mississippi, surely he gets a shot somewhere down the road. Well, all things being equal, I would think that if you're an NFL scout or on coaching staffs, you'd say, okay, well, what what guys won different awards? All right, let's, you know, you have to, you have to start breaking people down somehow, right? So you can say, okay, what people have won awards? Well, that's obviously something now that he can say that he's won, which would, which would have him stand out perhaps from some others. Um, you know, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He didn't, it, it sounded like to me he wasn't real optimistic necessarily about a shot at the pros, or maybe he didn't, doesn't really want to go to the pros. There are some people, I mean, as you grow up, that always say they want to play in the pros, but when they see the rigors involved, uh, you know, the toll it takes on your body and so on and so forth. There are some people, and not just football, but in other sports, some people will just say, you know what, I've, I've done that. I, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, I want to move on. But when you talk about the staggering amount of money that you can make in the NFL, you know, you certainly wish him the best. But that will be to his credit that he's won some of those awards. will set him apart, you know, yeah. from other people. So, but, but, a very, uh, but what I've seen, too, about offensive linemen lots of times, Luke, is they're, they're very quiet, aren't they, generally? Very, they tend to be very cerebral, introspective. And uh, you'd think at that size that these, that these guys would be, you know, uh, tough, hard-nosed guys that would scream and yell at the top of their lungs. But they, they don't tend to be that way, I have found. What about you? Yeah, uh, cerebral's the, the right word. Drake specifically, I think he was just being really humble. <laughs> well, I'm not, part of it, yeah. Part of it, for you know, sure. Um, I, I, I surely I think he's going to be on the radar of, of several people just because of, uh, of what, he, what he's done and stuff. Anyway, um, we're going to do our best uh, to, for our listeners over the next uh, week, two weeks, to try to get some of these senior football players Guys like, you know, um, like Drake's high school teammate, DeMichael Harris, Jordan Mitchell, Neil McLaurin. We'll try to get uh, some of those guys, DQ Thomas, um, just to, to be able to share with uh, not only us, but our listeners out there what it's meant for them to play for Southern Miss. And, well, and to um, let people, basketball. To let people a postscript there, too, Luke, people will give, well, why, don't, why are you just getting them now? Why don't you get them during the regular season? And you have to understand that, that while they are, quote unquote, on the clock, of the team, I'm saying while they're you know uh, being uh, while the coaches are supervising them, you know they have to answer to the sports information department. You know everything has to be there is a protocol that's followed there, and lots of times they're in classes, they're in practices, so it's difficult to get any players. Lots of times during the actual season, you'll notice basketball season has come on. We've talked to Coach Roan and and uh, Coach Ladner a couple times, but we haven't talked to any of the players. It's just so difficult. When the season is in session, that they're not in class, they're not practicing, they're not on the road, any of these sorts of things. They're just they're just spread so thin. So now, though, that that the season is over and their scholarship time is up and so on, they're now they can now book interviews on their own time. So that's just the way it works. 
So for anybody that uh, that might be wondering that. But yeah, the Eagles head to uh, El Paso tomorrow night for a big conference USA matchup. The Eagles 0-2 in conference play, 4-11 overall. But those two losses came against Louisiana Tech, which according to the Massey ratings is the top team in conference USA. And right behind them in third place, in the latest uh, Massey ratings, is UTEP. This is a UTEP team that uh, was expecting to have a pretty good season this year. And so far, so good. And and folks in El Paso don't have baseball season to look forward to because UTEP is the only – great trivia question. UTEP is the only Conference USA team that does not sport a baseball team. So they've got all their eggs in the – in the basketball basket, and we're going to be talking with John Teichier in our next segment. He's the radio voice of UTEP to talk about what's been working for them. But, man, you talk about the schedule makers having something against the Eagles, Luke. I mean, with that brutal preseason schedule we talked about, and then they go right into conference play, first two games against the top two team in the league, then a road trip to El Paso and San Antonio. Uh, The Eagles won't even be home for a while yet, and still when they return home for a couple of home games, the students won't be back yet because of the late start to the spring semester. So, uh, man, they have had to deal with a lot of stuff this season so far, and if they can get through this year alive, you know, they're going to be, they'll be okay in the future. UTEP's uh, been, a, been a streaky team, and we'll talk more in the next segment uh, specifically, but they're a team, they started off 5-0, and um, and then they lost one and got on another three-game winning streak. So at one point in this uh, year, they were 8-1. and one. They have lost their last five out of six games. They lost to Houston, Hawaii, dropped one to Boise State. And then, like the Eagles, they've started off 0-2. They lost on January the 2nd to Florida International. And then the, the other Florida team, Florida Atlantic, they lost uh, this past weekend. So, you know, um, the, the Eagles right now – the most obvious concern is uh, Ladavius Drain's outside shooting, and I think the toughness um, down under. Leonard Harper Baker has never, uh, never been an issue with him going up. He, he's six four, six five. That plays like he's six ten. I would really like to see Tyler Stevenson and uh, Jack Domi play a little, little tougher on the on the inside and be a force. Uh, I, I, I said it last week. You know, the, the height is there. This is the the we we've had some tall guys that that haven't played that much, but when you look out and you, you know you've got a three that's six seven, um, Drain six five uh, playing a guard or, or the three Stevenson six eight, Jack Domi six nine. It's a really tall Southern Miss team compared to what we've had over the years. A good sign um, on Saturday, uh, and and he. Uh, yeah, from Saturday was Gabe Watson uh, doing a little better from the outside. They've just got to be able to get some perimeter play, play while those guys underneath uh, get it all ironed out. But but don't you feel like um, don't don't you feel like though that that if they were to start knocking down some perimeter um, shots, Kelly, uh, that, that they could be a team that that got hot and could win two or three in a row. I do, and remember against La Tech last Saturday at. Uh, at, uh, well, they played at Ruston last Saturday, but the Saturday before that in Hattiesburg or Monday night or whenever it was, you know, the Eagles went 0 for 16, you know, from the three-point arc. So that's something – I mean, if you, get, if you get a third of those to go, you know, you have a completely different complexion. But looking at the latest uh, Masseys, there's only one team behind Southern in the uh, Massey ratings, and that's Middle Tennessee. Remember, this is a team that Kermit Davis had – you know, that Southern Miss upset a couple of years ago in the Conference USA tournament. It looked like Middle Tennessee was going to go to the NCAA, but the Eagles knocked them off. And now 
Middle Tennessee, 312 out of 353 college basketball teams. So Southern Miss ahead of them at 277. Then UT San Antonio, which is where the Eagles will play later this week. But again, right up at the top of the heap, Louisiana Tech, West Texas, North Texas, UTEP. You know, they're all, they're all right there. I think this UTEP game will say a lot. You know, we've, we've talked about how there are really some odd coincidences between Iowa State and ties between Iowa State and Southern Miss. And we've talked about that on the show. John Walters was on um, during bowl season. But the same can be said of UTEP. And I kind of like these little, these little subtext side stories. For example, um, you had Doc Sadler, who used to coach at Southern Miss, also coached at UTEP. All right, of course, Doc's now at uh, the University of Nebraska as an assistant. But also at UTEP, you had Tim Floyd, who coached the Miners there, yep. who is a, a Hattiesburg native, all right, who also coached at Iowa State at one time, as did Doc Sadler. And it's, it's, just, it's just funny to me how some of these moving pieces, particularly in basketball, there's a lot of ties to UTEP and, and Southern Miss in basketball. So we'll, we'll talk to John Teicher about that, too. The, it always kind of makes it, uh, makes it interesting. But the fact that, that the uh, Miners did struggle, albeit on the road, they'll be returning back home for this game uh, with the Eagles. And I think, and we'll ask John Teicher about this, too, I think their head coach had some health issues in Florida this past weekend. I mean, some serious health issues. So I don't know, um, I don't know what the extent of it, – it wasn't a disease or anything. It was just a, some, some type of temporary sickness. But um, we'll talk to John Teicher about that and, and where, where the miners stand right now. But the Eagles need more than anything else some confidence. You know, uh, They were 14-point underdogs at Louisiana Tech. They didn't cover. You know, they didn't cover at home against La Tech. So, I mean, even – this sounds really stupid, and it's not – you don't play to, to win to cover the point spread. But, I mean, you got to look for something, right? you got to look for something to be positive about. If they can just cover a couple on the road, you know, uh, show signs of improvement, then, then, hey, you get back home, get the students, you know, under your wing, have them make some noise. And it's, it's amazing. You know from having played sports at a high level, Luke, just win a couple games. It's amazing what it can do for the overall psyche of the team. And if it's some new faces out there, when when they get a little confidence underneath them, some oftentimes the, the sky's the limit. But we'll we'll preview Southern Miss UTEP with the play-by-play voice from the Miners, and also in the fourth segment, football schedule for 2020 just released. All that coming on the Eagle Hour. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour continues on this Wednesday. Glad to have you with us. I'm Kelly Sander, along with producer-director Dalton Stanford. We're in somewhat attractive Hattiesburg, but Luke Johnson is in beautiful <laughs> downtown Laurel at the First Bank Studios. The Golden Eagles taking on the UTEP Miners tomorrow night. The Eagles looking for their first conference win of the year. This begins a, ro- a two-game road trip for Southern Miss. And joining us 
on the Super Talk hotline. In just a moment will be the radio voice of the Miners, John Teicher. But this segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. 895 daily lunch specials that are changing constantly. That 895 includes your soft drink. And of course, the, the only place in town to shoot pool, be able to play darts as well. There's always some type of gaming going on there at 4th Street Bar and Grill. The official pre-game location for Southern Miss basketball fans. Before you go to the greenhouse to cheer on Coach Ladner and the Eagles, stop by our friends at 4th Street Barn Grill right over the 4th Street Bridge next to Highway 49 in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. So let's talk to John, I, I sound like Chris Berman, John Ferrante and Teicher, the, the radio voice of the UTEP Miners. And John, as we welcome you to the Eagle Hour, your basketball coach Rodney Terry had a medical scare last weekend. What happened? And it was pretty serious, wasn't it? Yeah, he had a he had some kind of a reaction, uh, an allergic reaction. It, it turned out to be whatever anaphylactic shock is. The, what's a little scary for Coach Terry is is that uh, I don't think he knows even to this point at this point what what caused it. Uh, the doctors don't seem to know. Uh, but uh, although he missed uh, being on the bench both games down in Florida last week, he, he rejoined us on Friday prior to the Florida Atlantic game and sat in the locker room and, and watched the, uh, the television broadcast of Saturday's game. So he'll be back on the bench uh, tomorrow with, with his team. There were some lofty expectations for this UTEP minor team early on, but, but outsiders looking in said, look, UTEP had a, had a really good early record, but with all due respect, the schedule was a little bit soft. To which you respond, how? And then let's talk about the, the, uh, trip, the road trip last weekend in Florida. Yeah, they've been terrific at home. Uh, they're eight at home, at home for the first time in 16 years. But uh, they, they played eight of their first nine at uh, at home, and then uh, had just finished up a stretch where they played six in a row away from home and won just one of those games. Now, the last five games have all been decided by five points or less, so they had a chance to win just about every one of them. And uh, unfortunately for them, did not execute uh, well enough, uh, particularly in the two games in Florida down the stretch. So their record could be much better uh, than their uh, nine and six, zero oh and two conference USA mark uh, indicates. But they've been they've been terrific at home so far. That's for sure. What have they been doing especially well? Uh, you know, their their defense has been fairly consistent. Surprisingly, they've struggled to score. I, I think. We all thought that uh, given the talent influx uh, into this program in the form of largely transfers uh, since uh, last year, that uh, this was a team that was going to be able to get out and and fly up and down the floor and and score points at will. But that hasn't been the case. Uh, In fact, over the last uh, 10 games, they're averaging uh, about 63.5 points a game. And, uh, you know, they gave up 59 in Boca Raton last Saturday. Normally, that's going to be enough to win just about any college basketball game. The problem is UTEP scored only 56. So uh, they've defended pretty well. Uh, they've rebounded reasonably well. Uh, they've struggled to score, and they're turning the ball over too much. They had uh, 13 turnovers in the first half at uh, FIU last Thursday. They had 19 in the game at uh, Florida Atlantic on Saturday. And, uh it's uh, you put a lot of pressure on yourself when you turn the ball over that often. Luke Johnson, there was a there was a minor that was on the transfer portal last year, but is back on the minor squad this year. Interesting, huh? Are you? Are you actually John? Uh, 
Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Lathan was in the po- – I was telling Kelly about Lathan, but, yeah, yeah. But Lathan was actually in the portal like last week, right? I mean, he started yeah. every game for uh, the Miners last year, but he uh, he's back out of the portal and, and uh, with the Miners again. Amazing, isn't it? Uh, the Miners uh, wound up play over Christmas time in the uh, Diamond Head Classic, got home, and uh, several days later, prior to the start of league play, uh, Lathan announced that he was going into the transfer portal, missed – each of the first two games down in Florida. Now, mind you, Lathan has played 40 games in a UTEP basketball uniform and has started every one of them, every one of them playing an average of better than 30 minutes a game, and yet there he was 13 games into this season in the transfer portal, misses the two games down in Florida, and then as soon as the team gets home, uh, it's uh, learned that uh, he's uh, changed his mind and is going to return to the UTEP basketball team. So he's practiced the last couple of days, and although he probably will not start on uh, on Thursday, he's once again a member of the, uh, the UTEP basketball minors. It's more understand. What, it's more what impact. What impact, John, would he have made down in Florida? Would those would, would he be when you insert him back in the lineup? Would they be two and zero or one and one in conference play now? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. You know, he's done a pretty good job taking care of the ball this year, and uh, FIU presses uh, the entirety of every game. That's their thing. So, yeah, I, I think he would have been of some assistance, but I, I don't know that he would have saved either game, to be honest with you. Well, John, it makes sense, you know, it makes more sense for a guy that doesn't get to play to go in the transfer portal, but when you you know noted that he started 40 games, what do you make of a kid who started 40 games and then goes to the transfer portal? Well, who knows? The, the whole culture, you know, I've been around this for 40 years. And the culture of the, the sport has just changed entirely. Uh, our late, great Hall of Fame head coach, uh, Don Haskins, uh, uh, I don't think could operate in today's uh, intercollegiate athletics environment. It's it's almost like a game. You know, these kids can put their name into the portal at any time. The school's got two days to make sure that their name's in. They don't even have to tell their their head coaches. And uh, you know, you could do that uh, theoretically. You could do it every other day if you wanted to, in and out, and in and out, and in and out. So, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what goes into these kids' thinking? I think. You know, there's so much that uh, these kids absorb on social media these days and uh, everyone around them. uh, All these kids seem to have uh, advisors that uh, may or may not have their best interests at heart. So uh, who knows what goes into these decisions? We talked in our last segment about how Southern Miss and UTEP kind of have some uh, some basketball ties, including the fact that both Doc Sadler and Tim Floyd – course spent time at UTEP. Doc Sadler was the coach there, coach at Southern Miss, now at Nebraska. And Tim Floyd's a Hattiesburg boy at, uh, uh, that was at yeah, UTEP. So. It goes even deeper than that. Luster Goodwin was a player here and, a, and an assistant coach and then worked for James Green at uh, Southern Miss as an assistant. Greg Lackey played for the Golden Eagles and then for many years was a UTEP basketball assistant. So yeah, lots of basketball ties. And of course, Lee Floyd, Tim's father, uh, a longtime Golden Eagles uh, head coach, one of the winningest coaches in Southern Miss history, was a student athlete at UTEP, 
played uh, both football and basketball for the Miners in the uh, in the 1940s. So lots of ties between the two schools. And it's been a while, but but does because Tim Floyd really had the least amount of success at UTEP compared to other schools he's been at, and it has been a while. And everybody's a big boy, but in retrospect, John Tyser, anything you can put your finger on as to why it just didn't work? You think? Oh, absolutely, and it's why he's not coaching any longer. Had a difficult time adjusting to the new environment in college basketball, including kids deciding willy-nilly right in the middle of the year that they're going to transfer out of a program. I think he felt that uh, the lack of commitment that uh, today's uh, student-athlete shows, generally speaking, to uh, any particular athletic uh, program was uh, against uh, what he believed in and was all about, and that's uh, ultimately what drove him out of college basketball coaching. Luke, it's not necessarily a good indictment on the on the future of college athlete, athletics, is it? No, there. It is, isn't it? I, I'm sorry. I know. No, you go ahead, John. That, go ahead, Luke. Uh, no, I, 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 you know, there's a lot of things I don't like that I see. I still love being around intercollegiate athletics and all of the uh, the personalities that are involved. But uh, there's a lot of things I see that I don't particularly care for, Luke. I don't know how you feel. I'm the same way. I, I, I've been out of college athletes, 15, uh, college athletics, 15 years as a football player, and it, it's just kind of a another <clears throat> mark, excuse me, of uh, of this generation. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's it's become a place where you're loyal to yourself above and beyond. And and it was good. Even yesterday, we had John. We had a former player on and. And they made the statement when they committed to a school and when they committed to an athletic program, they stayed committed to that school and that athletic program. Need a healthy dose of, again, I think, in this generation of that. You know, Luke, you were talking about that. It was interesting, too, because uh, in the interview he said there is no I in team. But after the show, one of the other athletes told me, no, there's not an I in team, but there is an M-E. <laughs> so, 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 I don't know. I don't know what the difference is there. What type, very quickly, John, before we head into break, what type of game are you looking for tomorrow night when the Eagles tip it up against the Miners? Well, you know, again, UTEP's been terrific at home. Uh, the, the Eagles have struggled a little bit on the road, although they've played a very uh, competitive uh, schedule. We'll see if UTEP's over there six in a row uh, away from home. I, you know, I think they'll be energized. I think they'll be motivated. This has very much been a home court series in recent years. The uh, home team has won nine straight games. The Miners have been very much dominant here, and uh, the Eagles in, uh, in in Hattiesburg at Reed Green Coliseum. And and for those that were in uniform last year, I'm sure they remember being down 54 to 12 at halftime and trailing by 50 points in the second half before losing by 30. So you would think that uh, those that were in uniform, and there aren't many uh, for UTEP that will take the floor tomorrow night that were in uniform for that game uh, last year in Hattiesburg, that they uh, might have uh, a bit of a memory and uh, and have a little pride when they take the floor against Golden Eagles. So looking, we'll looking forward to it, John Teicher. Thanks very much. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. The final segment of today's Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, their beautiful, sprawling new location here on Highway 98 West. Just a just about a half a mile by the way the crow flies here from our studios in the Hattiesburg area. 544-9630. Time to get rid of the 
2019s. Get ready for the 2020s. Of course, if you yeah. buy a Toyota, that ought to last you till 2030. Yeah, you go. 2035. So uh, they'll, they've got a large selection of pre-owned vehicles as well. At Toyota of Hattiesburg on Highway 98, you can look them up on web, too. You can actually talk to somebody. And, you know, you millennials, you can type out questions. You don't actually have to talk to anybody. You can do all that typing. At Toyota of Hattiesburg, Lucas Aurelius is up at, well, Luke Johnson, actually, is up at our uh, studio, the First Bank Studios in Laurel. And, Luke, the 2020 Southern Miss football schedule is out. And for people who say the Eagles never have any home games, better get ready. Looking forward to it. Five this year, uh, or actually last year since it is 2020, the, the biggest thing that jumps out to you on this 2020 football schedule is that there are six home games. We'll break this down um, in coming days uh, a, a little more, but just to, to let you know what it is, Kelly, I will give you an overview and then run through you week by week. So six home games. Um, you get Louisiana Tech, Florida Atlantic, Rice, and UTSA at home conference-wise, you go on the road to North Texas, UTEP, Western Kentucky, and UAB. You start with three in a row at home, which is nice. South Alabama on September the 5th, Louisiana Tech on September the 12th, Jackson State September 19th. That Louisiana Tech game, that's that's the earliest conference game Golden Eagles have played in a few years, and for it to be your main rival in the West, that's what jumps off the page at you. Um, But starting September 26th, you have four out of five games on the road. September 26th at Auburn, October 3rd at North Texas, October 10th you get the reprieve in the middle. It's not a reprieve. It's FAU, and it's at home. Uh, October 17th at UTEP. October 24th at Liberty. So get to go up uh, to Virginia and take on the the fighting freezes up there. October 31st, Halloween night at home against Rice. Or, or I'm, I'm sorry, it could be an afternoon. That none, There's no times yet on these, just, just the dates. Your bye week comes um, after uh, the Halloween week. So the first Saturday of November, Golden Eagles are off. Uh, November 14th at Western Kentucky, November 21st, home against UTSA, and then Thanksgiving weekend at UAB on November 28th. Actually, we've got a scoop on that October 31st game. On the Halloween game, the Owls are coming dressed as a football team for trick-or-treat. They're going to be dressed like a football team. They haven't played like one the last couple of years. Maybe maybe they'll be able to. Uh... They look better down the stretch this year. They did. And, You're right. You know, you're, that's a sneaky team, I think, possibly. But, yeah, when you look at it, um, you you got a Sunbelt team on there. you got a SWAC team on there. Um, SEC. I do kind of like UAB being at the end. Uh, of course, the SEC team on there. Um, actually, uh, Liberty's in Sunbelt. Yeah, so two Sunbelt teams on there. Really important for the Eagles uh, to win both of those Sunbelt games. Uh, at Liberty's going to be kind of tough. But the what jumps out to me, uh, the, the one game that, you know, you're at Auburn, you're at the Plains, they're going to reload. That, that's the one where you're not matched up at. Interesting take. Uh, I text this out to a buddy. He texts me back. What's your thought on this? Three games in a row at home, it may be tough for attendance. What's your thought about that? Yeah, you know, it's funny because lots of times people complain that there aren't enough home games. And then when you give them home games, they'll go, well, we were just here last week. We were just here the week before. So I will, that jumped out to me as well. Of course, I love anytime there's a tailgate party, I'm up for it. There you go. You know? So I'm looking forward to three straight uh, home games. But what I also like about it, about the schedule, is that we're starting to play teams 
the Eagles are starting to play teams that we that we think they naturally should be playing, like South Al, for example. See, I, I still think we should keep Louisiana Monroe in the mix. Or some of these schools that are close enough to where Eagle fans can drive to the road games. You know, but that La Tech game early on, boy, you, you don't think that we're going to be salivating over that one after uh, this year's game. It'll be great to get uh, the Bulldogs, you know, back here. But then, and, and I like it. I mean, I, I understand from a planning perspective. Um, you know, you you like to have three or four games before you hit conference. But you know what? You know, basically every year, doesn't Mississippi State play LSU like week two or week three? And and a lot of conferences do that. There's something about it, man. I like I like the second game of the year like mattering. You know? Yes. I mean, you may or may not win the division based off what happens in week two. I mean, I like that as a, as a football fan. But I would like to see us mix it up in Conference USA. We're playing the same schools on the other side, you know, uh, Western Kentucky, you know. Um, well, it's a two-year agreement. It's a two-year agreement. They just switched. Well, when do we so get when do they we get swap the, every two years. When do we get the crummy teams like Old Dominion and, and you know, <laughs> Charlotte and those crummy teams? We, we had Old Dominion. They beat us up there in 2016 or 2017 on the road. Okay. We had Charlotte. They beat us at home. Well, I didn't mean Old we Dominion the other and Charlotte. Two teams from the I meant, East. Let's see. Who else did I mean? Uh the phones are about to start. You meant Marshall. You well That's who you meant. You meant Marshall. Oh, yeah. Marshall's no... Well, wait a minute. No, Marshall's pretty good, aren't they? Oh, Lord. Here we go. Uh, well, at least they have been. This is coming from a Bengals fan, everybody. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't, what would I we, know about quality football teams? <laughs> right? That's right. That's so. right. We'll, and we'll break this down as we go. We'll get Bob's take on it. And uh, but, but there you go. It's actually posted on southernmiss.com if you want to take a, a look at it. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, same time. Thanks for joining us today. For Kelly and Dalton, I'm Luke Johnson. We'll catch you tomorrow. You've been listening to Eagle Hour. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.